you are listening to the Sage Advice podcast. The Sage Advice podcast. Welcome to the Sage Advice for Better Life podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being part of our previous episodes and uh, it's a pleasure to welcome you all all over again. And today we have an absolutely interesting subject to discuss. Kis baare mein baat karne wale hain? I think it's more or less of a double-edged sword. I was speaking to some of the people I'm going to be talking to today and uh, this subject also came from them that why not call it the double-edged sword. That's what social media has become for us. And if Shakespeare were alive today, he would have said, to screen or not to screen is the big question. And a lot of us are uh, quite inevitably, unavoidably drawn to our tiny little phone screens, laptop screens, and uh, this pandemic. It has sort of turned these screens to be the extensions of our hands, limbs, eyes, you name it. And in our previous episode, we were talking to Dr. Anjali Mehta, who rightly pointed out that what eye doctors are treating nowadays is called quarantine myopia. Sounds as dangerous as the coronavirus itself, but yes, it's a reality. Eyesight damage is being witnessed. So, in today's conversation, we are going to tackle social media addictions, gaming, and subject. And we've got our very own Zoya to begin this conversation. And uh, she's going to be doing the ice breaking for us and uh, leading us into this conversation. So, Zoya, thank you so much for coming in and getting two of your very interesting friends with you again. And Siddharth, we've already spoken to in an earlier episode. And we've also got Vedant today, who'll be talking to us about different aspects of social media addiction and gaming and whatnot. But news ke baghair hum kaise reh sakte We got to know ke how far the next uh, coronavirus infected patient is in my locality. What are the statistics today? What's happening around the globe? I want to know what Donald Trump said. So, all that plus plenty, plenty more makes social media an absolute necessity for us. And how do we escape it? So, Zoya, I am quite clueless and let me admit at the outset that I am addicted to certain things. I'll reveal that uh, during this conversation. But first of all, let's get to set the tone. Welcome, Zoya. And tell me, tell me more about your idea of social media addiction and gaming and especially all this binge watching TV and the news channels, all these addictions that seem to be taking over all of us, our minds, our time, our eyes and our peace of existence. Not P-I-E-C-E, I I mean P-E-A-C-E. So I'm worried. So are a lot of other people. And at Sage Advice, we thought we'll address this first today. Zoya. Hi, everybody. So today I will be sharing my thoughts on media consumption, especially in terms of this pandemic, as we've seen. And staying home at the same time with an overburden of information has really um, dishampered some of our lives. And I'm here to share my experiences and how I have combat with it to maintain a healthy lifestyle. So as we've seen that, you know, consumers in India are fastly adjusting to the new reality imposed by the pandemic. In terms of work, entertainment, social events, they've all transitioned to a screen placed in, right in front of us. 
yes uh, you know we seen it's convenient for most of us you can just sit on your chair and still attend meetings at the same time you know hang out with your friends but there are you know harmful hidden implications which it has on our health and that is taking over our lives at a fast unknown pace so for me especially you know during the lockdown phase i'll give you an example like i'm a i'm a person who loves working out and for me you know to do it in one of like the study rooms of our house with an online instructor rather than a, rather than a personal instructor uh, and to adjust to the new normal as everybody would like to call it an online socialization mm. has taken the turn and for me to you know um doing this on a daily basis of course it became a, a very big change that i'm not going to be able to meet people it's only my family members and you know the help at home that i would be interacting with and the only interaction that i would be having would be probably facetiming with my friends and you know keeping that as a motivation to create a healthier and a positive uh, friendly environment around me and not to make it boring to make hmm. it you know eventful in a way so i would like to call you know this phase the digital infodemic uh, it has not been a very positive environment and it has been an overburden of information regarding the pandemic it's like you know you wake up and all you can hear is what is covid these are the impacts these are the uh, different ways it is spreading how do you have to you know keep yourself safe and you know yes safety measurements need to be announced in the news daily statistics in terms of you know it's spreading where it's spreading or uh, what are the red zones are of course for our knowledge as well as our awareness and as a precaution mm. so that we don't step out but i feel that you know for some time to be away and switch off is the right step to do right. so for example um you know in terms of newspapers that is a mode of media mm. that is in every mm. household especially in india it's like in the morning it's literally chai and your paper that you know you will pick up and you and people will right. especially the elderly folk so for us you know we stopped um, newspapers and other source of media of course we have our phones we have um, you know the tv screens hmm. to provide the same information and in terms of also sustainability as well as a way to stop the spread of virus because we don't know where the newspapers travel we stopped that in our house however you know we did this in most of our relatives house and i feel the elderly folk definitely had a major uh, uh, in, uh, impact on this and even though uh, you know they are slowly transitioning mm-hmm. onto online screens it's like my grandmother will every day call me and be like how do i even you know let's just say increase right. the volume on my phone and i feel they are the ones and you know we have to have sympathy and uh, take them step by step because i think they are the ones who had to adjust the most for the youth and the adults it's very easy we've been you know it's like we've hmm. been born with phones in our hands so you know i feel that they are the ones that in my opinion who have been adju- uh, who have been affected the most so uh, tell me that uh, okay i accept what you said that uh, the senior citizens have been impacted the most and uh, the adults especially who are accustomed to holding a physical copy of a newspaper and for them first of all to open an app and then figure out and then to read the fine print which is a very unstable moving piece of text which is uh, hopping about on their uh, phone is tedious it is definitely difficult but tell me uh how do we how do we otherwise get out of this addiction in terms of uh, like lot of people have this habit now of 
every five minutes of checking on their phone what's happening. You know, this new FOMO which has come about, uh, especially due to this uh, social media thing that, okay, I want to read up who's tweeted about the pandemic, who's raised a new political storm. And this has become like an every 5, 10, 15 minute filler in everyone's lives, especially when their work's stalled. They don't have anything to focus on. Their entire mental capacities are uh, totally devoted to doing this. And, and it's, I think, a lot to do with the younger crowd and a lot to do with the adults as well. With, with adults, if it's the news, I think with the younger crowd, it's got to be probably social media interaction as well as gaming. Where do we take it from there? Tell me. So, uh, you know, the right word is actually mm. how you have to switch off, but at the same time, you know, maintain healthy communication with your friends and peers, which is important for us. So, you know, here are some, this is some kind of advice that I would like to give others in terms of maintaining this healthy communication. One is for yourself, take out time. It's not the way we used to do it before here. I mean, you know, stay away from your screens, find hobbies, um, within the home maybe if it's cooking maybe it's art like one of my friends she started this full um, jewelry company at home wow. with homemade materials and that itself she didn't promote it on social media it's only after uh, she was off social media actually for one and a half months when she mm -hmm. worked on this project and she got back only to you know announce it so that is something mm -hmm. which is very inspirational and the second thing is uh, i mentioned about you know zoom calls google meets uh, as well as video calling right. has really taken a turn and in my opinion you know uh, even to schedule it people should do it on alternate days in a way to reduce the overdose of screen time which you know has so many effects on our health one sleep which is a major factor in the youth as well as it's affecting adults as well you know mm -hmm. it's resulting in insomnia it's also resulting in the fact that it's changing your quality of sleep which impacts the full day, which impacts your uh, lifestyle. Yeah, well. I think uh, I think what you just and pointed out is so true. And a lot of these um, sleep-related issues, and especially sleep deprivation. In fact, I was listening to a very wonderful book the other day, audiobook, uh, guilty of, um, again. But I, I prefer to listen to it while I'm on a long walk. And um, there's this new concept that this uh, author has come up with. It's called sleep debt. And every person who's working, who's studying in our present generation, exceptions are there, but most people are uh, suffering from sleep debt and uh, they owe it to themselves. And it's a heavy debt, which in fact translates into so many other health issues. And you're raising the risk of uh, a heart attack. You're increasing your you're lowering your immunities, which are essential at the moment for you in all departments. And I think your general level of alertness, the efficiency with which you're able to perform anything, it all goes down. And if you're not turning your screens off at least 30 to 40 minutes prior to hitting your bed, it can be extremely harmful to you. And you were talking about regulating. But can, do you walk the talk as well? How does it work in your own house? Are people following this? As in, are you able to avoid Zoom calls on a daily basis? Are you able to switch off and disconnect? 
so for me i remember in the beginning during my quarantine time of course that's the time so many webinars were held and even my parents were attending all of these webinars in terms of gaining information but i think as a family over time we all came to this conclusion that even in terms of webinars and zoom calls we are going to even if we have it on a daily basis it's going to be for a limited amount of time and at the same time uh, you know we are going to ha- uh, have a scheduled family time just for us which is all our phones are going to be in another room and as well in co- like i think netflix binge watching is something mm-hmm. that has really taken over our lives and i guess the youth can really really agree with this so in terms of that as well um, you know no, instead of not binge watching a full episode the entire night i think even with friends uh, we kind of decided that it'll be probably two episodes you know per night okay or something like that so that you know you together maintain it so actually the key is of course you can do it yourself but the minute you have support from your family members as well as your friends that really helps because you're in a way you're in this routine together and if you know one of you feel that okay listen i need more screen time and the others feel that you know it can be harmful to your health at least there is somebody who you trust at the same time mm-hmm. they know what's good for you so this can definitely you know help you kind of okay. come back on and the uh, now let's uh, talk about uh, you know gaming which has become such a sacred thing for most people and um, you know the other day we were talking to siddharth about his music and about his new startup and uh, it's interesting to have him back today to talk about social media addiction in his uh, words the gaming rituals because it's it's something I, i've seen kids go to crazy lengths you know the other day i was following up this news of a young man who blew up about 16 lakh rupees without realizing that he's going online and he was a 13 year old playing pubg and constantly buying those virtual weapons did not know that um, his father's account was being debited regularly and uh, when the parents went to the bank for some reason and the father checked his account it it was down by a good 16 lakhs now um, it is dangerous of course um, there are so many security concerns and various other concerns but i would first of all like to talk about the addiction that goes beyond a certain level and becomes uh, so uncontrolled that you don't know how much time you have spent and you can't keep track of the money you have spent in terms of um uh, playing endlessly back to back and and i've also seen a lot of youngsters fighting with their parents that why don't you allow us to play at night because that's when our friends are most active so i i find it to be very alarming and lot of parents and children are at loggerheads with each other on this account so Do you want to turn the conversation to Siddharth now or uh, would you like to add something before we move on to him So before we move on I just want to make one point that you know a majority of students during this hmm. time have been staying home and at the same time you know they've stopped the extracurricular activities which has actually increased uh, you know the engagement online as well as you know especially the ones who are into sport and physical activities it's like filled in this uh, right. the live sports void and as the next speaker siddharth mm. who's a really dear friend of mine and he has spent his lockdown time um 
in a conscious manner in terms of gaming and i think he will like to share his work life balance at the same time how he uh, maintains a healthy communication during this time yeah so that welcome Siddharth. good to have you uh, again and uh, tell us uh, what is your work life and gaming balance because that's a balance everybody is really craving for and looking for hello so thank you for having me again i would like to start by saying that during this lockdown period i was stuck at home like others and in this way i resorted to playing video games because like video games were kind of a a feeling of going out it was a feeling of having something mm-hmm. to do during the day i won't say that video game mm-hmm. was addicting to me but basically i was feeling like there was an urge to like go out and have friends and make mm-hmm. friends and have something with them and this was cured, like this was completed mm-hmm. by playing video games however i would say like playing video games is not bad for your health unless mm-hmm. you are addicted to it addiction is something that is uncontrollable like when you feel like you are not able to control how much how many hours you are playing or like you are not able to stop okay. when you need to stop hmm. that is an addiction but in this case i usually okay set a timer and like i usually look at my clock like if i'm playing at 12 then i would start playing at 12 and then i would keep looking at my clock and stop at like 1 1:15 okay. pm so in this way i try to like maintain my uh, screen time and make sure like this is, the video game is not having okay. a toll on me tell me honestly i'm going to ask you a very um, interesting question because it just popped up in my head and i thought i must ask you how many times does it happen that you feel that okay i have put in so many hours of study or work and now i must reward myself with the playing 2 hours of uh, a particular game and uh, to what extent is it one reward that you justify and define for yourself and how much of it is an escape from say pressure which is probably academic or parents yelling at you i feel that when when we step into that negativity where it becomes an escape and our way of shutting the world out i think that's the beginning of addiction so how often does it happen that you feel that okay i'm rewarding myself i have earned 4 hours of play do you ever think like that do you measure it in those terms so during my school di- school life i was doing this routine only like i would do two hours of my homework and then reward myself with one one and a half right. hours of video games and this was kind mm-hmm. of motivational for me and this led me to like focus on my studies so okay. that i can enjoy it later on and this was kind mm-hmm. of a good way of rewarding myself since i am able to uh, focus on something relaxing like in my video games i usually play mm-hmm. adventure games so that in that game i can just go out and see like i need to i hunt in the wildlife or maybe i go to different right. cities in the game mm-hmm. only and meet new and weird okay. like diverse people so this is a and, good and you know that would have been my very next question that how often uh, do you feel that uh, 
this going into uh, a land or creating something interesting because a lot of kids come back and say do you know isme kitna dimag lagta hai it's a very intelligent game mera uh, critical thinking skill na sharpen ho raha hai so so we have all kinds of justifications that tend to come from children and youngsters to defend their stance and um, along with this another question i wanted to pose to you was uh, when i quoted that little case of a boy going ahead and splurging so much that his parents almost went bankrupt do you think uh, there should be uh, some kind of uh, a capping or some sort of a supervisory control over where are you registering your credit cards and your parents money is uh, being unknowingly thrown in such places it, there, there has to be some regulatory system do you think uh, is there a way out and if at all what do you think is is the best way of not allowing such things to happen so for the first part of the question i would say like yes games have mm-hmm. some critical thinking like the games right. that even i play <laughs> have various okay. m- modes like Yeah. survival mode where you have to like survive in a okay. world of zombies or something like that or something like in which you have to crack some locks right. and open doors or something mm. or like a maze or puzzle or you can help someone defend okay. your country or something like that but obviously discipline is very important in such games like anything that is not done with discipline can mm-hmm. have a negative effect for example the the example that you gave right now I need supervision because that child is playing video game but he is not realizing the uh, trade off that right. is happening right now from mm-hmm. his parents bank account so that is what there should be supervision on such games these games like pubg and all have a rating like mm-hmm. they have a age rating uh, for which you shouldn't play like if you are not mm-hmm. that years mm-hmm. old something like that so i think the parents also should like consider what is happening in the game and what are the ratings before help like providing the children the platform okay. to play such mm-hmm. games and and uh, you know the the times lot of games which are uh, are designed and modeled on um, like uh, business strategies and uh, so many others that actually help you uh trade at virtual financial markets and you you learn a lot of skills but then uh, what percentage of youngsters do you think are getting into gaming to hone a skill because majority of them prefer the mind numbing games which are mostly visual stimulation and uh, violence and a lot of special effects and and a lot of uh, simulation that sort of appeals to the senses but in a negative way so yeah so i would say like personally uh, i am more inclined to games that have zombies or something violent in it i like action games mm-hmm. and adventure games in which there is a lot of mm-hmm. bloodshed and everything like that so like a game like which has financial trading or something is like that is something that is very real and very uh like very real to us and i don't think so that it would be visually appealing as a getaway for someone a getaway would be someone 
to someone that someone will go out of their reality and mm-hmm. enter the virtual but, reality but do you think of something that do you is think it in any way uh, promotes and excites and and sort of prompts you um, to act violently or respond uh, violently do you think that uh, playing all these games does it ever uh make you actually fantasize about okay how would it feel to pick up a gun and go out and try it out it does definitely so how do you yeah. how do you mentally so like, you know reconcile yes. with that this keep distinguishing like you said between my reality and the kind of uh, fantasy world that yes where i go play and i can go ahead and cause as much mayhem and destruction and yet uh keep my sanity when and i come back to my real life you know i would say like when i am very charged about like maybe a bit angry at something i would just mm-hmm. go to my playstation enter the mm-hmm. virtual reality and i might go and go go for a okay. killing spree or something but obviously in virtual rea- like in reality this can't right. happen there are rules right and so i would say like this reality and virtual reality are complete different mm-hmm. aspects and uh until everyone is able to like distinguish between both of them it is healthy for them and maybe beneficial since it promotes multitasking and everything like that however when people start finding a mm-hmm. bridge between these two worlds then the problem okay. starts so siddharth what um, what if i ask you what is siddharth's uh, advice and gaming mantra and um, how to keep uh, yourself sane controlled regulated disciplined and not overdo it so what would be your suggestion for a young uh, listener who's probably as enthusiastic and as excited about gaming as you are how would i would say like yeah i would say like you should just measure the time like if you're starting at 1 switch off first switch it mm-hmm. off at 2 maybe and follow okay. a disciplined lifestyle if you are doing gaming then you should also do like going out and mm-hmm. doing workouts or something like that just as zoya said we have to balance everything to have a healthy mindset healthy so what, according to you how many hours is healthy or how many hours is okay and um, do you feel that uh, at best it should be a 60 minute uh, duration and then you break away and then even if you come back how many hours a day according to you is still okay yeah. i used to yeah i i used to start at a time of 60 minutes and then like when i reach 60 i just wait for my next checkpoint and whenever it okay. happens i just save it so like even if i don't want to i just have to because that's what okay. i have already told myself and this and, is the and you've been able to more or less stick to the commitment that you've made to yourself okay right yes like so my friends i know my friends like complete their game like we all buy games when they are mm-hmm. launched like on the same day and i know people who just finish it yeah. in like one or two days like the game plays for 20 hours 24 hours and they are finishing right. it two, in two days so i feel like i carry that game to at least like two mm-hmm. weeks two and a half weeks and this is slightly slower than them but like despite that fact i am able to live a healthy lifestyle i'm focusing on other things like my uh university okay. work and everything so i feel like it is a good trade off Thank you so much Siddharth for uh, talking to us because now I'm going to shift the conversation further to uh, somebody who's uh, here with us 
but uh, thank you once again for joining us today thanks thanks thank you so much you are listening to the you sage advice to? podcast the sage advice podcast so that was adharth with us and now next i have got an interesting uh, friend of zoya's again she's been pretty resourceful i must say and uh, we are going to be conversing with vedant who's studying to be a doctor and he's going to tell us in depth about the pros and cons of gaming and why he feels it's not just affecting the youngsters but it's far more widespread and the roots are deeper so on this alarming note let me welcome vedant thank you so much for uh, joining us vedant on this um, episode and um, please share what is your take especially when you've just heard this conversation i had with siddharth talking about going on a killing spree whenever you're angry to vent it out i mean he just was uh, this short of telling me that he's doing it to vent out a lot of pent up anger and frustration but uh, he said it very candidly he accepted it but a lot of kids are playing and doing this and they are absolutely unaware of what they are doing and they're doing it unconsciously but it is impacting their entire thought process we're looking at so much aggression in the society today young kids and unfortunate incidents of kids wielding guns at school and a lot more so i'm uh, opening the floor to you now tell me what do you think are the pros and cons of gaming hi uh, so you know you uh, pointed out how siddharth who spoke very uh, who spoke very truthfully about mm. being an avid gamer but uh, one thing that he said which uh, really stayed with me was that uh, you right. need to know the distinction uh, so he he very clearly said that i understand how you know uh, mm-hmm. it's a second world but it, the things that you do in the second world never ever have can interfere with the first world which is the only way that going on a killing spree okay. could be acceptable and and it is it i thought it was a really nice and important thing that anyone gaming should realize that if they are going and playing a game and even if it it helps re- reduce anxiety in these times reduce stress then it 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 or it all makes sense as long as you can distinguish between what what things can right. be possible where so uh, coming to uh, your second your second part of the question obviously the positives so uh, obviously uh, there are some things which are very clear like uh, as siddharth is also pointing out uh, there are a lot of uh, games which are uh, which basically are uh, as he said adventure games but they ideally follow a very problem solving mm-hmm. pattern so those games obviously help a lot in developing your uh, in in fact it can even help in gotcha. iq for instance because you know you're you're sitting and you're uh, trying to uh, solve puzzles mini puzzles in this huge uh, game and uh, obviously the way gaming works uh, it's always a competition so it also promotes trying right. to figure out things faster so that obviously is also it like there are a lot of studies which show how you know ga- getting a solution from gamers is always easier than actually getting scientists to go about it just because of their competitive nature so uh, that is obviously the first thing the second thing is obviously that uh, since gaming usually involves uh, a lot mm. of uh, quick processing 
it helps a lot in hand eye coordination and it it can even uh, improve eyesight in some of the visually okay. impaired people now uh, obviously this needs to be uh, looked at with a pinch of salt because eyesight uh, cannot be uh, it, it is not going to improve for somebody whose eyesight is perfect and they are spending hours and hours of as you said mm-hmm. uh, the new myopia so uh, obviously you you have to take it with a pinch of salt but it has shown to improve eyesight in people who are visually impaired now uh, coming to a really uh, large topic when anything is discussed mm-hmm. is depression now uh, depression uh, can uh, it's it's a it's a pro and a con of gaming so uh, depression has been seen to actually have a really big impact on people who are suffering from depression mm-hmm. because of another reason so if someone is suffering from depression not because of gaming but because of family or some relationship issues right. or some health issues then gaming has shown a lot of improvement in those patients and it just helps them overall have a better outcome okay. and outlook on life but that being said uh, as siddharth was also saying and zoya also pointed out the moment uh, gaming becomes addictive and people are look the the way gaming works is that at the end of the day it's right. a dopamine release and that obviously excites you and makes you uh, makes you really it actually uh, increases your uh, it increases the neuronal mm-hmm. firing in your brain so your brain starts working faster so obviously whenever there is a high release of dopamine it can become addictive and that is where the whole dip, it, depression can be caused due to gaming as well which is obviously what you have to uh, as siddharth uh, said you have mm-hmm. to regulate yourself now uh, now obviously the cons are uh, violence at such a if someone is gaming for hours and hours on end then obviously they mm-hmm. are witnessing a lot of violence and they should obviously uh, regulate their time flow along with that uh, there is a thing which happens which is uh, insomnia as uh, zoya said which is right. the common loss of sleep now uh, that is another thing which is obviously related with having a high brightness screen mm-hmm. in front of you for long hours so the way body works is that at the moment uh, the, your eyes stop seeing right. high amounts of light mm-hmm. unlike the sun then your body starts producing uh, hormones which help you get into the sleep okay. mode and obviously when people are gaming at night for long hours with bright screens right on their faces then that that those hormones are not adequately released so even when they go to sleep at supposing 3 o'clock 4 o'clock then they do not have a adequate okay. quality of sleep so uh, yeah that's just uh, what but tell me I, you know as as a student in medicine how many times you know you repeated the same thing that needs to be regulated but for a young teenager at times this regulation is the whole challenge you know that's the catch phrase when there is no parental regulation control or monitoring it's very easy to slip into that adrenaline rush and uh, you know that craving like in your terms for the dopamine uh, release and you keep going back to that activity you want to reset the game start all over again call in more friends and play online and then there is the vulnerability issue as well that comes into play yes from a medical perspective under controlled conditions regulated and scientifically implemented it can help heal patients improve their eyesight and i i've seen so many interactive games being developed 
for people in the spectrum in the autism spectrum as well and they have helped tremendously because we are talking about a section of the society that always responds very well to repetitive tasks but when we get a normal human being into that and especially when he's looking or she's looking for an escape from their lives circumstances and situations it can be extremely dangerous now what do you think is the best way because we are talking about regulation and we're talking about control how does a young person start to maybe do a little self analysis because there would be parents tuned in today and there must be young adults and of course people who have started playing recently when what are the signs maybe symptoms maybe or or red flags so to say which tell them that this is the time to cut it down or stop it so can you uh, put up some of those red flags for us clearly so that one can self regulate okay bas ab zyada ho gaya ab chhod dena chahiye ha what red flags do you think one should watch out for in a young person around them or in themselves so that they can stop just short of getting severely addicted uh so uh, regarding this you know uh, a very important thing that any new gamer or a uh, avid gamer needs to realize is that gaming still needs to be mm. the break in their life it cannot right. be the essence of their life so if supposing there is a student then he has to realize that gaming is going to be the break he's going to get after he fulfills mm. his duties as a student so he may, needs to make sure he's attending class and he's studying the adequate amount and he if he's if he plays sports then if he's making trying to make sure that he's getting enough exercise and obviously then gaming should be a release for all the other activities in your life the moment your days is spent primarily mm. on the basis of gaming okay then there is a problem now an easy way to uh, classify your red flags would be uh, any any time if a game if gaming or the addiction to gaming is affecting okay. your relationship with others mm-hmm. one big red flag is if people around you are uh, are getting troubled are getting worried uh, they are not getting enough uh, contact you're not talking to them enough you know uh, the first signs is when your parents start mm-hmm. getting really worried in norm, in lo- most households uh, your parents are very uh, they get really agitated and uh, that is mm-hmm. a, that is one of the primary signs another obviously main sign is when it starts impacting your health so uh, if if your health is being impacted at all by gamings if you are if you're not being able to get good quality sleep if you're not being able to sleep during the night if uh, you're not if you're especially if it reaches the level where you're missing okay. a meal mm. <clears throat> or you're uh, not not going to the toilet or anything like that then uh, then obviously it needs you need to realize that it's a big red mm. flag all these things and you need to cut it down as I soon really as possible i really liked it when you put it uh, in the beginning you know it it's just like uh, when suddenly your online avatar becomes uh, far more important for you and you start to identify with that reality and it hurts you more when that ego is hurt rather than your actual real life person and uh, personality and uh, yeah you start drifting in that virtual zone more than your real life and you're constantly like you said thinking about the game and uh, 
your you're absent from where you are actually present in fact whatever you're doing you're not in that moment and yeah your sleep and parents also getting agitated they always get agitated when you play but yes sometimes when you're doing it way beyond a certain time limit yes so i think summarizing what you and siddharth have put together it's important to regulate it's important to break with the exercise it's important to make sure that it's not affecting your regular routine functions like eating sleeping and studying and your concentration so yeah i think what even zoya also said all three of you pointed to a very key area of self discipline and control and regulating it with practical suggestions like putting on a timer making sure that you stop at that promised time to yourself and break away from that game but yes i also feel that um, none of you was uh, keen to give me the number of hours one should play and very diplomatically you all uh, skirted around that question so i am now compelled to bring in an adult in the conversation adult per se somebody who's been into counseling and who was with us in the previous episode as well monica kapoor and monica if you remember in our last episode had also uh, introduced us to dr anjali who spoke at length about this matter and she says as an eye doctor that screens whether they are online classes or whether it's a social media addiction there is a severe problem that's coming up called quarantine myopia and i'm rephrasing it and i'm um, sort of grilling it into you because uh, i want this phrase to settle down because this isolation this lockdown is nowhere close to getting over and um, kids are still home youngsters are not going back to colleges and schools no it's not happening any soon so we need to right now arrest this problem so let me invite invite monica into the discussion now uh, welcome monica thank you for coming back you've heard some very bright clear headed youngsters talk about social media addiction and gaming what's your take and uh, as a counselor who's dealing with a lot of people who are coming to you with signs symptoms and issues of social media and gaming addiction impacting various areas of their lives so please share your views hi indrajit uh glad to be back here and uh been listening to this wonderful conversation of all three of these young adults who i feel have been uh, very candid and they've you know shared with us and that's thank you for that and also i also feel that none of them i think has reached that level of addiction that either their parents or them should be too worried about because they seem to have a very sensible head on their shoulders so that's wonderful to know and yes i have been um, you know talking to a lot of kids with similar issues and i notice primarily that it's usually the middle school years when there's the tipping point so to speak when gaming becomes addiction for a lot of children and at that point in time you also figure out of course parents are worried and um, 
well the kid would turn around and say parents are always worried even if i am playing for 2 hours you know they they are like on my case why are you starting to study why are you starting to study but i have also like i'd like to discuss a couple of cases which i found very interesting um in one case you know there was this kid who obviously was brought to me because of social media addiction and when we probed further he was also a very right. self aware kid and he said mm-hmm. yes i know i am addicted so i was wondering ki okay well if you know you're addicted mm-hmm. half the battle won and let's just deal with the addiction so we would uh, go back and forth on various sessions and we'd try to figure out solutions and he said yes right. yes i think this is going to work and he'd come okay. back and it wouldn't work so that was a very strange thing now if we were to look at the classic signs there was this whole physical aggression when he was taken away from gaming you know like vedant also mentioned that it cannot become the only thing that you do so for this child clearly he would come back to from school and that was the first thing he was concerned about don't touch right. my console hmm. you know nobody tell me when to eat locking mm-hmm. the door sitting in the room the minute the parent would come in and you know talk about anything else he would actually get physically aggressive because he's so mm-hmm. wound up with all his playing but um, it turns out that the reason for his addiction was okay. something totally different he was trying to escape from the fact that now he's in class 11 and he's chosen his subjects and he's not able to cope with the jump oh, in the okay. syllabus with the jump in so the this was his escape level. and his uh, sort of uh, way of covering it all up and uh, he was hiding behind that screen in fact absolutely he was not even able mm-hmm. to acknowledge to himself that he's being he's overwhelmed by the fact that he's not able to cope and therefore sort of brushing it away and getting into playing getting his dopamine shot from that or you know whatever and basically using it as a refuse so which is why he would say i know i'm addicted i know i'm addicted but not do anything about it so you know okay. even that can happen occasionally you can have someone who So obviously you have tons of kids who are not even aware that they are addicted they'll deny that they are addicted and here is this other spectrum of the case where the child is saying i know i am addicted but yet not mm-hmm. wanting to leave it so so what do you feel that uh when it reaches that extreme when you're living in denial and um, it's an escape i personally feel uh, these things are subtly learned by watching your own parents because as adults at times we are also guilty of charge and the charge is again the same social media addiction or phone addiction or news channel addiction whatever addiction it is it's it's all starting with the phone you know i think for most adults it started off very innocently by playing uh, solitaire in the old time computers and and gradually when you know you're sitting and at times uh, even google would offer you a game when internet searches were slow so i think it has been slowly fed into the system and it's not just gaming but today we are constantly addicted to news pouring in uh, somebody who's working on the stock market is constantly addicted to watching how the market is behaving every 5 minutes as if you know things keep changing rapidly then um, there's that constant urge for uh, social media feeds 
whether it's Instagram or it's Facebook, you are constantly on a refresh mode to check what's happening, what's not happening. And all this, again, I feel even from the parent side, today is an escape because most social media feeds on your lack of self-belief, security and assurance within yourself. You, you feel incomplete and you're constantly seeking validation and that validation is required because you're trying to fill a void in yourself. And sometimes your child is just watching. If my parent can't put the, put the phone away for an hour or two, why do they expect me to put it away? And, and there are so many underlying reasons for that that I feel uh, are, are a subject for discussion on their own. But do you feel it's, it's parents also who are guilty because uh, sub unconsciously they're, they're sort of transferring this to their children that, okay, gaming or the phone or the screen is a good way of escaping. Sometimes escaping a difficult family conversation. Sometimes it's like um, escaping a very difficult subject which they might be dealing with which maybe relates to like peer pressure like academic pressure or something else and the easiest way to avoid it is and avoid taking it on taking it head-on is to immerse yourself in a game and probably that's what the parents are also doing they're escaping the pressures of their lives in social media and it's just getting transferred to the kids do you feel this is that the case or am i making a wrong uh, Conclusion. That is the case many a time. Um, very often you will find today that parents are definitely, like you said, on the phone. Now, it becomes difficult sometimes for the child to figure out that is my parent doing work-related stuff or right, are they doing entertainment-related right. stuff. So, like you said, uh, you had given very pertinent examples mm. about, say, the stock market. Now, I, I know that, you know, someone who is in the market will constantly want to check. Not only after the market is finished, they are checking, you know, what's happening in Europe. Now, America yeah. is open. What hap what's happening in Hong Kong? So, for the child to differentiate uh, the quality of the screen time, so to speak, becomes difficult. They do what they do see is that their parent is also constantly on the phone mm. or in front of a screen. So, to morally turn around and tell a child ke, oh i know what i'm doing and you don't know while for a parent it, it's the right mindset to be in that look i'm an adult i know what i'm doing but you don't and let me educate you in a way but um, many children don't see it like that they just see they just say that well you're also in the phone all the time so i mean what are right. you pointing fingers at me for so um as, as a counsellor and as an adult, today, you know, the other day we were discussing at length that how the online education uh, is changing everything. And we were in the post episode discussing, it's not that the entire online thing is bad and it's not right. It's becoming the need of the hour, you know. It is like to carry that discussion also forward. It's like the change that is now necessary, mandatory. And I think... As these young uh, people we were speaking to, Vedant and uh, Zoya and uh, Siddharth, I think they pointed out the very right direction that we need to adopt, which is striking a balance. And whether it's online education, whether it's going to be working from home, 
we need to find that balance that every 40 45 minutes you get up and you move around you take your eyes off the screen you control the brightness and once your work day is done you need to be disciplined enough to be able to pack it off and put it away in a basket so that when you're sitting with the family probably it's family time you're eating together and nobody gets up to look at their phone even if the whole world comes crashing you know that kind of discipline and self regulation which i think there's a lot of hope with these youngsters being able to find that answer whereas a lot of the adults and a lot of the impressionable young kids are still struggling with absolutely that's absolutely correct and in an ideal scenario this is what we would all be able to do but uh, as you very rightly pointed out people who are already addicted or people who are adults and especially children who are impressionable young children who are watching them and i've noticed this mostly in preteens and hmm. you know early teenagers hmm. that when they are completely at the cusp of getting Mode, into this yeah. addictive hmm. habit you know they are not old enough to recognize their triggers and uh, they are not young enough to be right. treated as children anymore so that's a very volatile so to speak hmm. age mentally for them and for the parents also it becomes difficult to handle them sometimes and things can get ugly and you know there can be arguments and constant hmm. fights in the house and you don't understand me and i don't care right. about you and type statements keep hmm. lying back and hmm. forth you know the whole day in fact uh, this is reminding me of um, another uh, case which i had handled last year uh which was very interesting in fact the whole family was constantly squabbling over the screen addiction and the parents are uh, the father is coming to say that you know right. my child is addicted and i'm trying tried everything in my book to be able to help him i've explained to him the consequences i have explained to him uh you know very nicely also okay beta you know this is bad for you right down to threatening that i'm going to take away your console i'm going to yank out the wifi and all kinds of stuffs were happening in that household and when we got to probing more and dealing more with this case and talking more it turns out uh, funnily enough that the mother is also completely addicted yeah. to social media so she's not finding anything unusual yeah because i think she she's also she's living in that state of half uh, wakefulness and uh, so it's okay i think it's perfect it's it's a normal it's a given uh, in that house mm. yes and as far as she's concerned if he's spending so much time in front of the screen there's nothing wrong with it because if she acknowledges that then she her has to acknowledge yeah. her own addiction mm. and she is in complete denial so the fight is becoming between the two the mother and the father that you are too overbearing she's telling the father you are too old fashioned you know this is how kids are and you're just wanting them to go back to you know cave person times where you're saying you know detach from social media and let's have dinner yeah. together without the phones and all and she said oh. god you're old fashioned so it was quite amusing to see that she, since she herself is constantly no, on the yeah, phone she yeah, finds nothing probably wrong with her also if if it's her perfect escape how can it not be justified that her child also finds a perfect escape in the screen right hmm yeah probably or she doesn't even know she's yes, escaping for her it's fine you know 10 hours of uh, the in you know a day on the screen is okay oh, right. she's doing the same thing 
Zoya, you've been listening into all this conversation. Thank you so much, Monica. And you know why I'm turning to Zoya because uh, she triggered the whole conversation off, and uh, she planned this uh, entire episode uh, with me. And we were looking at gaming and social media. So now that she's heard four different opinions, I'd like to go back to her and ask her. Zoya, are we a little wiser after these uh, divergent views that have come to us? Are we reaching any conclusion? If at all, let's let's conclude. What, what do you think? What's your takeaway from the conversation that we had? And then probably I'll put my two cents in as well. So I really like the fact that you know we've got completely different perspectives. Somebody from the medical sphere, somebody you know who's uh, into mm. gaming, which is Siddharth, as well as from a counselor as well. So thank you so much. And I feel that you know with everybody's opinions uh, to the audience, it's okay that you know if you ha- uh, have been spending too much of mm. uh, time on social media, but you know I feel like learning from our experiences at, at the same time you know maintaining that balance at the same time um, you know spending that limited time but mm. still have that fulfillment in terms of the entertainment because you know even right now socialization maybe more than two three people is not right. is restricted at the moment. So I feel that you know, learning from these, uh, like th- the way our schedules are. I'm not saying that you have to completely implement it, but at the same time, you know, taking away uh, some of our experiences is, can be beneficial mm. to the I people. I think it's a uh, it's a good way to conclude because uh, the key word emerging today is balance, balance, and repeatedly we're talking about finding that middle path wherein uh, you can keep on with your gaming. You're not left behind, but you're aware that this is the number of hours I'm going to devote to it. And you should be able to stop yourselves and and stop just short of getting yourself into a habit wherein it's an obsession, wherein you're losing sleep, wherein you're compromising on your academic performance, wherein it starts to impact your relationship, your social, your interpersonal and it starts to impact your health. So with a nice balance of physical activity, looking after your academic graph, if you can keep up with the gaming, then like uh, Vedant pointed out, yes, it can help you sharpen some of your skill sets. It can help you um, get your brain working better. And it can also help you in dealing with some life uh, situations better. But then that's when you apply gaming in a positive healthy way and bring it into your life as something that actually helps you but if you overdo it we know where all it can lead so thank you so much zoya siddharth vedant and monica for uh, talking to us i think uh, we've had a wonderful discussion and uh, yet it remains a double-edged sword like it was. The sword is even sharper and double-edged. And I would again like to reiterate that I'm still wondering because uh, I may be convinced with one set of the arguments or the other. But again, the question still remains, which I said Shakespeare would have asked if he was alive to screen or not to screen and to game or not to game. So we leave it to you to decide. But wherever you draw the lines, make sure 
that you're looking after your mental and physical health. And uh, if you want to share further with us, our email is sageadvice.in at gmail.com S-A-G-E-A-D-V-I-C-E dot in at gmail.com So write into us and keep sharing your feedback. We'll be back again with another episode because Sage Advice for a Better Life is constantly thinking about you. Thank you for listening. Sage Advice for a Better Sage Life. Sage Advice for a Better Life.